With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the new season on Anfield Index Under Pressure. Uh, my name's Dan Kennett, and with me um, for to preview the season ahead, I've got the full team. We're refreshed and ready to go. Um, been a bit of a chaotic getting this one scheduled due to holidays and family things and all that kind of stuff. But here we are. We've already had a game played last night. We are recording Saturday morning. Um, to get this out to um, you lovely people at some point before Liverpool kick off against Chelsea tomorrow afternoon. Um, but um, without further ado, I want to introduce my namesake, Mr. Daniel Rhodes. <clears throat> and for those of you who haven't listened before, Rhodesy is our resident video analyst. He clips the video, he cuts the video, and he also collects our unique pressing data. Yes. Um, morning, Dan. I don't think we've ever said that. Good morning. No. <laughs> no, obviously the walls are trying to get this out of the way before the lionesses kick off um, later this morning as well. So come on yeah. in, Andy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, how are you, Rosie? Uh, I'm good. Good. I'd say looking forward to the season. But after yesterday, I'm not sure what to think anymore. But we'll come on. To yeah. Uh, and secondly, I've got our uh, to our resident sports science duo. I've got uh, first of all, I've got Dr. Phil Barter. I'm not sure if you. I think you've been promoted at, Mid- at Middlesex University, haven't you, Barts? I can't. If I, if not, I last not, not yet, mate. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. It's it's, it's, no, it's you're no. still working towards it. So you're still, still working. Full- still working. I had, I had a good had a good NSF share this week, so uh, maybe, maybe, maybe. So, there you go. But yeah, you have got your new intake of PhD grads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got clearing next week, so you know, all good, all good. Excellent, mate. Um, and uh, yeah, are you looking forward to the lionesses later? I, I can't. I don't think I can ask this side question. <laughs> side <of> this question. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I will. I will watch that with with the little ones before we go and do something to the day. So it's just me and the kids today. So yeah, and who's going to win it? Uh, you got to go England, all right? Got got to support the, the lionesses. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Wide open now though. With the US, US get knocked out. Yeah, yeah, and Brazil's gone. And yeah, Brazil's gone. Totally, yeah, totally Germany's gone. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, good good. Good begin. Yeah. And our resident, other resident sports scientist, our most practice sports scientist, he, he's worked at professional sports clubs in many different arenas, you know, football, with rugby, with hockey, with cricket, 
he's worked with about 10 different Premier League clubs at various times or another. He's worked with a national team. It's Mr. Simon Brundish. Evening, afternoon, boys. Evening, it's half past eight. I know. <laughs> How are you, mate? Yeah, good. You've just, you, you just come back from somewhere? Uh, Cornwall. Lovely. Lovely. Um, and do you have any thoughts on the Lionesses, say? <laughs> I have lots of thoughts on the Lionesses, uh, but it's wide open and this is a, a very interesting World Cup um, for the evolution of the game. I would suggest, uh, as a quick point of reference, I think uh, if you're going to compare the men's game, how the how the men's game evolved late 90s, early 2000s with uh, Wenger's bringing in huge lads, oh, yeah. huge physical lads. So this is a massive turnaround in a year of the type of player. So So suddenly... The, the playing field is even um, because the, the teams that were fit and physical used to be a big advantage, America, and now it's no longer an advantage because all the teams are fit and physical and the ones that are genetically bigger uh, seem to be having an advantage in this, com- in this competition. So it's interesting. Anyone could win it at this point. Oh, wow. Wow. I never realised America's dominance was just because they were physically... Oh, um, God, yeah, big, big yeah. Wow! Oh, okay. huge, wow. huge sense. difference. Yeah. So, so it, 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 it was women against girls in that respect. We always say men against boys. Well, not not just Sometimes in size. It's a bit of a mismatch physically. They, but they they've had strength and conditioning for thirty really? years. Uh, if you if you go to yeah. any women's club in America or, or high school, they've got massive gyms. All of those girls have got huge quads. They look like decathletes, and yeah. they're playing against. <clears throat> The stereotypical woman up until five years ago was a little bit soft, was a bit of a, it it wouldn't be the sport that attracts the most natural athletes, let's say. And now right. they're getting the most natural athletes. Well, the rest of the world, the rest of the world has caught up in its in its facilities and exactly. Well, not just in its facilities, that. but in its its demographic of uh, who it's recruiting. That is absolutely fascinating. And, and the, the big, sorry, the big change, the the massive difference in uh, in comparison to the the late nineties Wenger thing I was talking about is that do you remember when we were kids watching World Cups? There there was lots of talk of like the African nations. Once the African nations get yeah. some coaching, yeah, yeah. like they'll. Well, well, everybody's got coaching. I think something like 18 of the top 30 teams in the world have coaches that have been through the England FA coaching pathway. Right. Oh, wow. Wow. So they all have an equal level of coaching. They don't all have equal facilities, but they you've got so there's a huge flattening of of um uh the the quality from top to bottom in a couple of years just by giving the teams that have got naturally physical girls good coaches. Yeah. yeah. Fascinating working in it, so and seeing it evolving. Yeah, it? really, really is. This is the yeah. worldwide showcase for it. Yeah. But Barch, we're gonna come in there? No, I was just going to say, I think it's absolutely fascinating to see how it works. And, you know, Sai's always giving us insights on that. If those not regular to the pod, he's, he's one of the forerunners in, in the area and always singing the yeah. praises. So it's good to hear his insight because he is, you won't find a bigger expert than Sai on women's game in, in England. Yes, absolutely. And, he, and it's always it's what we want, right? We want. Yeah, we want, we want We want We want competitive tournaments. That's that's what everybody who watches sport wants. And if, if the level if the level played if the playing field is pretty flat across the board now that's got to be a good thing okay, if only the men's game was the same right <laughs> <laughs> the opposite of last night exactly exactly yes 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 
Right. So, uh, right. We are going to start um, with our little sports science section, right, for the season ahead. And we're going to, like, like last season, I think we started with injuries, but I think we started with injuries last season because we already had them in pre-season. Um, so, say that it looks to be touch wood. Current situation with injuries is um, seems to be pretty reasonable. Um, it does, doesn't it? Uh, this is the lowest level of of uh, players that are that are wielding an injury, a, a pre existing injury, going into the season that we've had for th- for four years. So we've got no long term injuries. Like we we always had like a, a legacy from the previous season, one, but which might have been Tiago, but he's back. Um, yeah, we're in, this is as good a spot as possible, and we've we've just dropped. Yeah four years off the average age. So that might be something to do with it. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you about that. I mean, if we think, um, if we think we're in a better position, um, what are the possible reasons for that? So the first one you mentioned there is age. Do you think there's any others? Oh, huge. So anybody that listens to this pod or dig index will have heard me talk about the, the biggest predictor of injury is previous injury. Um, so if you take out all the lads who are always injured and replace them with lads that, that don't have a history of injury, it's not a surprise that we don't currently have any injuries. The, yes. You go for a period of risk that we talked about in the pod that we did a month ago, whatever, for uh, how the boys adapt to the massive increase in supposed uh, training loads because we supposedly do uh, an incredibly intense um Preseason, the physical one in in Germany, and uh, we we just had Zobo got a little bit of an injury, um, so it looks like we've managed it really well. Yeah, he got over that pretty sharpish, didn't he? Yeah, possibly. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And so Thiago is back in training, full training, full training. Well, that's good news. Thiago's back in full training. We've got um, there was another kid that just came that just got bastards. Bastich, oh, yeah, Bastich is back in full training. Uh, even Gordon? Cade is back in full training. Even Cade, even Cade Gordon's back in full training. That that is that is good news. Okay, so slightly shifting it then, Bart. I mean, um, what what what's what's with all this? You know, four years off the average age. And um, what's what's our prognosis for the season? Like, can we have a? Could we get away with an average level of injuries? Do you think this year? You know, compared to you know the rest of the league. I think if you look at the just building on what size of the the. The players we've brought in do not have a high history of injuries. You know, we've yeah. got younger players now who, bar Canate, are, yeah, I think are fairly a fairly robust, proven to be fairly robust over the previous years. All right, Nunes had a few injuries for, for little knocks, nipples here and there, but Jones, Jones, and um, but Jones, but they were not. Yeah, yeah, they were not knocks. They were not muscular. They were they were big, exactly so weird I think, things. Yeah. I personally think we're in a a very good age profile for the squad. Um, which helps if they do get a knock because it's if you're young, you you recover better. But I, I do think, yeah, I think this is a apart from numbers, which I'm sure we'll come on to in terms of volume of players. Um, I think we've got a better profile in terms of player in terms of ability to deal with any injuries that do come up, and also the likelihood of them occurring is reduced because I think we've signed players or we have now players that haven't had a history of long of long injuries. Yeah. So say we've um the last three seasons we've had two. Of the the highest occurrences of injury in the days missed games missed to injury that you know in the in the Premier League area from any club right the two yep. two of the last three years so <clears throat> um 
what's um what's your prognosis because you track these things in detail what's your well, uh, how would you forecast the season ahead if you had to um, so so uh, according to uh, Ben's numbers who is uh, the injury expert on uh, or premier injuries I think it's called on Twitter is the one that uh, the media go to who who collates uh, press cuttings and that kind of stuff into injuries um, of all clubs that uh, we were we were third I think to Chelsea but Chelsea have got such a massive squad and I count all our players um, and he only counts the visible ones. So, like, uh, on any given day, on any given match, uh, that I would have counted, uh, like, a Cade injury or an Ox injury or a Nabby injury, which he might not have done if it started the season that way, that kind of stuff. But anyway, right, so to get to the point yes. of of last season, we had 377 games missed, which beat our previous best of 326 games missed. The average... That's an unwanted record. The middle of the pack in the Premier League is 126 games missed. At our, um, the, the league winning season, we had 148 games missed. And, right. and our average between 17 to 20 was 100, 164. If we can keep it under 200, which... I would absolutely predict, given that we've just dropped some of the big numbers, um, that we didn't even have missing. They just didn't play anyway, and they got injury. Um, that we could, um, that that's where we need. We our, our sports science team need to be predictive, strategic in it, in its rotation, and which is going to be tricky, and um, and keep our lads under. 200 games missed. Otherwise, bear in mind, we, we we typically play 54 games a season. So that works around four. Um, you don't really want more than four players missing per game. Last season, we had 7.2 average. Jeez, we, yeah. Have we still got zone seven, side? Because that was a bit contentious point at the start. Of the uh, we do still have zone seven for another season. Okay. There, to be fair, it's a lot... All of these, there are there are three big players in the in the predictive injury um, like world. We probably don't have the the highest, the most reputable, but none of them are well validated. Let's say yes. these these, a, is, yeah. these are just these are these are currently ideas, yeah. um, and they're a way of aggregating historic norms rather than predicting individuals' futures, if that makes sense. Yes, but we, that seemed to be a key part of our pre-season last year, and we all know how that yeah. If you could, up, yeah? Well, if you conflate those two things, that's where the problems lie. If you're, if you're aware that uh, across all players across the world, if you increase... De- if you increase uh, playing volumes by more than 30% over the previous four week average it's it increases the the likelihood of injury by set percentage that's one thing but yeah. if if what you're saying is that that increases everybody's chances of injury by a set percentage that's where you're flawed because some people will be more susceptible and some people will be considerably less susceptible so so understanding that and taking zone seven for a guide rather than the individual predictive model, which it said it was, which isn't, then that removes the risk you cause by using zone seven, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, definitely. And I, I think we're going to be better. But long term, nobody knows if these things work. But what we do know is if you um, if you don't if you have a history of playing at a set uh, standard that we require and without being injured, you are much less likely to to be injured. Yeah. But we don't know if the lads, the two in question, but also the one we're maybe spending 100, 110 million on, have the capacity to repeat it season on season on season. Yeah. Yeah. So you've um you've you avoided the word snake oil when I was describing <laughs> I, I nearly I nearly <laughs> used it. Uh, but I would say in, in modern parlance, it sounds to me so they're still very much like alpha software rather than, you know, let, let alone beta software or full release of software. So, yeah, not great. I mean, but, but you know, maybe there's a, there's a way that you can use it as a as a niche, as a, but rather than, you know, telling, you know, yeah, as long as you use it in the most appropriate way, I'd say, then, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, okay, there's a big question then coming up. Um, can our current squad cover the likely number of minutes and games we're going to play across all competition site, or if not, are we looking? Are we going to have to make some sacrifices? Are you that person who has everything, the coolest merch, and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies, and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints, and coasters all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Uh, my feeling is probably not. So we over a fifty-four game season, right? That's right, what we're, so, that's what we're going to say. We're going to estimate. We're going to say we're going to play most likely to play fifty-four games this year, which yeah? is which is the average. Uh, it, yeah. It's a Liverpool average season, fifty-four games, and we play and and that spread over this season is forty-one point eight weeks, um, which which works out at an average week of one hundred and twenty-three minutes per position. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. A goalie, that's well covered. A goalie average is 163 minutes per week. And he is, Kelleher's he still is. there as well, isn't he? Kelleher's still there, there, yeah. And Kelleher, oh. Kelleher can fit, fit, uh, fill in too. Right back, Trent is is a little bit trickier because uh, it's, just a, it's just such a massive volume of minutes that we need. 54 games. No one can play 54 full games in the season. So we're going to need some kind of mitigation of Trent's load. He plays, his average season is 4,424 minutes. But this season we need 5,130 minutes covered. We're talking averages because this season the minutes numbers are going to change like dramatically, aren't they? For the first couple of weeks at least until it normalises. But yeah, so... So we're currently about um, twenty minutes a week down on where on on that co- on covering right back. So there's probably over the course of the season, you're looking at somebody needs to play twelve games at right back. That's not called Trent. 
Um, so it'd be and Gomez that, and that would, stance, yeah? Yeah, Gomez. and that would sit within <clears throat> within Trent's, you know, ratio. Pro- problem I see, I don't know if you guys, what you guys think, is, is that at centre-back, of the two centre-back positions, I'm not going down this three centre-back thing, the two centre, two main centre back positions, right? We have um, we're going to need um, uh, basically ten and a half thousand minutes between the two, yeah. uh, and yeah. combined between the four, we have. So I, I I use three year averages of the players because that kind of demonstrates how much they have, right? So we need so the, between the four of them, they only average ten thousand seven hundred. And wow. three of them are getting old. Yeah, so you've just taken Joe out to play right back, right? And Joe's <laughs> probably going to play some of that at right back. Yeah, so you either so kids. We're probably right a little bit lighter. Yeah, so Bradley either plays right back, or for me, you need another centre half. So, so maybe this is mitigated by I don't know what you guys think. Uh, how we weight the Europa League's early rounds. Like, because because it, it simply yeah, yeah. could be done. If if the early rounds we play Kwanzaa and Bradley for three of those games early on, it kind of comes back within the realms of re, of, of oh, okay. this is possible. Yeah. Or you play Joe at centre half and you play Bradley at right back. Yeah, but that's still minutes that Joe's could Joe can't play at centre back. No, I mean sorry, I meant Joe playing centre half in the Europa League. Yeah, no, 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 no. Because with Joe and uh, and Matip and uh, Ibu and Virgil, there's still enough. only average right, 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 yeah. two hundred minutes more than our centre backs need. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So yeah. we're going to need the kids. We're basically going to need two of the kids to play in the Europa League at centre half and right back, and in the cups. Yeah, yeah, and the cups. Yeah, which yeah. you always toss off anyway. So yeah, it's fine. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, left backs, left backs, fine. Like yeah. Robbo can put all these minutes on his head. Um, but then and, also, and, and Costas, and Costas, can, and Costas is fine as well, isn't he? So, and Costas so, is so, more than fine. Costas, yeah. Costas before he came to us, was playing four thousand minutes a season. Yeah. So, so but Virgil's basically going to play five thousand minutes again. Yeah. But that's still not enough because because <laughs> no, Virgil, it's not Virgil's enough. average in this <laughs> yeah. is five thousand two hundred minutes. Yeah. But he's not worried that, and the worry is Matt. We're going to ask Matt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was going to say, but you could basically Virgil could play every single league game plus some Europa League, then you're looking at 4K there plus Holland, aren't you? So Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. We don't have a big competition for Holland this season, which is a big deal, yeah. I think. Sorry, Netherlands, I should say. It's not Holland anymore, is it? Netherlands. <laughs> Apologies, Dutch listeners. Do you know, do you know <laughs> Holland is a region of, of Netherlands? Yeah. Yeah. That's all it is. So it's just like right. saying England instead of Britain. Right. Surely, surely Van Dijk shouldn't be anywhere near the Europa League until March. Well, that might. would be my thinking for sure. So, yeah. can, I, can I ask about just we're going to have a whole discussion on our tactical framework later on, right? But for, for me, Canate is quite a big part of that because of his abilities in to play that in the, when 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 Trent is in midfield. What is what is the situation with Ibu Sai? And what what if you know he's about twenty four now? Is he twenty five? Twenty four. I think he's twenty three. Oh, so still, okay, but he's still developing. He's had one big season in his career. I think he's got over three thousand minutes once. Um, what's he? What, what's he? What's he most likely to get for us this season in terms of his minutes? Oh, he is twenty-four. Um, I well, in his in his three, uh, I, I think if you did, if you ran some of your statistical modelling on on this, right, we have uh, eighteen, nineteen, 
So here is his previous six seasons, right? 17,000, 3,000, uh, no, 1,700, uh, 3,900, 800, none, 2,600, 2,800. And we need 4,600. Yeah. Like, what are the chances? It is possible he's a physical beast. He's a huge, huge yeah. physical unit. But like I would I would I don't know, position him alongside people like Studge in that he is so explosive, he needs more rest than most. And we're finding it hard to manage that tactically in a in a training situation, like the tactical periodization of that. And he he has demonstrated no capacity to play two games a week. I was going to say, he's a one-game-a-week player, isn't he, really? Can we get enough minutes from Canate, Matip and Gomez for that right-sided centre-back position? Uh, uh, so the other thing I would quite, uh, I would ask, the other question I would ask is, the new system, do you believe, like I do, that it increases the um, stress on... And the physical demands on our defence, on our yeah. defenders individually. Absolutely, absolutely. So that is going to in, is going to increase the likelihood of injury or reduce the playing minutes of the playing load of these lads because they won't be able to. If if they already have relatively low um, uh, minutes per season, you increase the demands on them physically each game. It, it, I don't know. The logic doesn't predict that they will be able to do more of those minutes, does it? No. Well, for me, I think you've got three three options for right sided centre back, but one for left sided. So we're absolutely bare to the bones in Van Dyke's position, and that's that's where we need an extra body. Cause... Well, in the WM, Van Dyke basically plays in the middle of the three, doesn't he? In the yeah. yeah, I would yeah. suggest yeah. that he is he is the one that has the has a lower. It actually lowers his workload. It yeah, lowers yeah. the intensity of his role. Yeah, less distance. It's, it's the yeah. left and the right that are the problems. Yeah. But we also saw, we, I agree with your point, by the way. I'm not saying that the centre-halves haven't got an increased high-speed running in the newer system. Exactly. The, the issue I've got is that we're basing this on a, on a run, but we didn't have a function in midfield. True. Yeah. So we have a functioning midfield in front. Yes, their high speed run should still be increased in the previous system, but the volume might be less because the functioning midfield might stop the ball at source better. Yeah, 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 yeah. All true. Yeah. Okay. Um, quickly on the forward side, do you see any gaps across the forwards across this the load? Because looks to me like the five of them are still currently fit. Then you've got Doak, Gordon, etc. in reserve, Elliot if needed. So any, if- any issues there? It, well, if we plan around uh, that we're going to try to win the Premier League and try to win the Europa League, um, that will be my guess of how we set up the season. And then yeah. where, wherever we fall in the Cups is wherever we fall. Um, we Between the five, they, uh, they play 16,700 minutes of 16,390 needed. Yeah. So we're, we're still on the precipice. We're not. We've done. It feels like we have an abundance, but we don't. Yeah, it's because Jota's uh, currently fit, isn't it? And he's a big. He's a big player, isn't this season, right? Because yeah. If, if he stays well, fit, got, 
you know, and if he could actually do one of his bigger seasons like he did at Wolves, like three and a half thousand minutes, that's going to be a big help. Well, we had two seasons where we had eight players season on season increasing their um, their average, increasing their actual their maximum season minutes. If we can if we can get six of them this season, then we're in a really good spot. If we can get eight. I think we're in a really good chance of like properly competing because I do think we we have we're back to eighteen nineteen where we have a really important set eight players that need to play all the time. Yeah, um, okay. it feels like with a five that we have this great opportunity to rotate. I think we actually really need to to keep them fresh, to keep them electric, and we need to strategically rotate them rather than get all caught up in oh who's going to play nine like Darwin's my nine or Gakpo's my yeah, nine yeah. or whatever that we we need to be strategically rotating them and having specific ways to play as as groups. I, I, I would I would quite like to see like units come in and come out like when yeah. we have Darwin high. Um, that Nunes is a better connector than having Jota out wide. Or like you can't. So if you have uh, if you have Gak, uh, Jota out wide, then you can play Gakpo through the middle. That the, like those things you need you need partnerships. The combinations rather than dropping them in intermittently because because sometimes you're going to end up with three lads that are too high or or yeah. two lads that are too deep or that kind of stuff. So uh, I would like to see them rotated. And I think we're in a really good their 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 age profile, the physicality of them we could theoretically theoretically push the um the highest uh, minutes totals of Darwin, Diaz, Jota and Gakpo in the same season. Yeah. Do are we, are we is is uh, more in a similar position to Van Dijk in that he's going to play every Premier League game. Yeah, 5000 minutes you're not going to get him out of that. Europa League in March again. So that's we Doesn't don't... he have another Afcon? Yeah, he's got Af- Mo's got Afcon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say to you, so from I was looking at numbers, I put Harvey as the right wing cover or, or or Dom, whatever you want to call it, but because you've got to cover the fact that Mo's not going to be here for a period of time, isn't it? Yeah, I my, I don't know what you guys think. My my guess would be that that Harvey gets used um, as a replacement rather than he's not going to start on the right wing. So so in, in to mitigate minutes in game, yeah, yeah. or lost that Harvey will play the last half hour. Yeah. So who's, who would start for you on the right in Afcon? Yeah, that's uh, interesting. Can can Diaz? Yeah, Diaz. Diaz over there and put Jota. I, I, I would use the I would use the four. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, okay. I don't, you, don't you get me caught up in Dom the kids. There. It's nonsense. No, I mean Dom because Dom's played there for um, RB, isn't he? Um, we don't. We re- when we get to the midfield. We'll oh, I know we're in trouble there. Yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to do that now? Yeah, like you're just gonna just gonna bring that in. So Phil, um, I we've lost. I think it was four, maybe five midfielders and brought two in. Um, how do you see our midfield coverage? I, I don't know what side. I, I, would, I think we're really struggling. I was looking at numbers. I looked at the maximum amount for the season. So, you know, I'm very, very optimistic at the moment for some reason. But um, I, there's no way we can cover doing all the games. There's just no way we can do it at the moment. We were, I think we're at least one body short. And we're relying too much on Thiago's to compete minutes to get anywhere near the the amount we need personally. Um yeah, Dom and CJ can do maybe one of the one of the eights and you've got Mac and Cody again using a forward in the in the midfield. It's it's a bit uh, yeah, I think we're really struggling for numbers in it. I really do. 
Uh, I don't know what side things, but I think we're I think we're down a player. So, so what's the, what's the minutes that we need? The total minutes that we need, and what have you got for their career? Um, so for three players, for, for the th- for the three positions, we're going to need um, a fifteen and a half thousand minutes between them, um, and we have seven players in midfield. No, we don't. We have five players in midfield, and then you're going to yeah. have you're going to add uh, Bychetic, aren't you? Um, I have got him. Yeah. So, like, but what does that even mean that we're adding by Shetic? Because he's shown no capacity for anything other than a bit of talent. Um, this is not a slight on him. He's just a kid. He he can't yeah, show any capacity because he's never played. It's like Wilson, um, right? Yeah. Well, like, what do you do? So, so if we currently have Thiago playing as the six, and theoretically Mac and then Zobo in front with Harvey and CJ as the, I don't know, understudies that can fill in in different slots. And if you combine all, all of their minutes, we are 2,000 short. About yeah. uh, two, four short. Yeah. Yeah, and for me, just Curtis is... Yeah, like, that's, that's, that's a player, like you said, Phil. That's, yeah, a, player. that's a player. That's a player. That could be Curtis. Yeah. Yeah. You need 3,000 minutes. I think you need 3,000 minutes from a player coming in. So that's either a lot So you need 3,000 minutes, but get this. Those five players, one of them has demonstrated 3,000-minute average. Yeah, no. Nah. Is that um, Mac? McAllister. Nope. Dom. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Mac doesn't even have a 3,000 average. Well, he had a big, he had a, he had a 5K season last year, but that was Which it. is that insane, was which yeah. worries me greatly. Oh, okay. no. <laughs> but then you've got this is where if you you know you talked spoke about combination side. I think that's that's key in midfield as well. So if CJ carries on his his good form in the left eight position, he can be a, a great understudy to someone like Mac or Don, whatever. Yeah. My the my right, guess is you could jump him up to two and a half thousand, which yeah. gives you an extra thousand. And that's what I'm thinking. The the issue for me is the understudy to Don because in pre-season, I know it's pre-season, they've been rotating between Cody and Harvey playing that side which takes away minutes from the forwards, right? So you kind of, this the six is a problem, right? We can all sit here now, we can agree that, but it looks like we're trying to find a solution to sort that out. But we haven't got enough numbers, really, to go over the two eights. Well, you could play, I mean, Elliot in the Europa League, right? Mm-hmm. And Elliot in the Cups, yeah? Yeah, sure. Yeah. But is he is he going to play more than two and a half thousand minutes, which is what, which this is... what we're saying. Yeah, well, two and a half thousand minutes is what he had last season. But that was a bit of yeah, pattern, wasn't it? More, wasn't... Is he going to play more than that? I can't see him being playing every game in the Premier League like he did, like until the first thirty games last season. I can't. See... But yeah, needs must, isn't it? I can't see us being good if that happens. No, I, 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 Harvey for me can't be anyone in the league games. Yeah. So we're okay. So we basically we all summary is we need a player in midfield. Uh, at least, I, at least I one. At least one need... in defence. We need perfect. We need strategic rotation, and we need some real luck in defence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So conscious, we've got Phil for fifteen more minutes before he has to um, go out for an appointment. So I'm going to just uh, focus on Phil for the last the last section, right? Um, before we lose him, and then come back to Sai and Rosie in a bit. Um, but I want to ask you a couple of tactical questions. But and then come on to your the number stuff, okay? So yep. we've had some we've had some chat in um, 
uh, in your PDF score about the WM. Um, do you think it's basically now it's here to stay? This is this is we've had ten games last season. We've had preseason this year. There's, there's, there's talk of the the age groups are playing WM now across the club. They've shifted yeah. to yeah. So this is it. This is now the default. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think. I didn't watch massive pre-season. I had to admit, I've watched the highlights and I've watched the last two games. Uh, we played WM. I, I just, yeah. We've even tried doing the rotation with the left-back now as well. So for me, yeah. that says, yeah. Yeah. that's this is our starting system. Do I think, as I said in, in the Discord, and I think kind of what size for us as well, do I think we've now got a calibre of player we can do some Swiss Army knife stuff and yeah. play a bit of 4-3-3 now here in the game? Yes, I do. Yeah. Um, but I think WM for me, gives us the best opportunity to get our highest prized asset transfer fee-wise to play his best, which is Nunes. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. So what are the strengths of WM? Right, you've just named one. You can play with a centre-forward. Play with a centre-forward. Yeah. Um, any other strengths of WM? I think, you, for me, you dominate the central area of the midfield, which yeah. if you watched the Arsenal versus City uh, kickabout at Wembley, um Arteta did that against City. He tried to completely dominate the central area of the park. Hickabout, yeah. um, Phil, love it. <laughs> I'm just saying that that if you dominate a central area, you get control of a game, right? Yeah. And, uh, the and expenses, the trade-off. The expenses, the trade-off is, is you don't stretch your positions much, you, your flanks, but then that's where if you look at what we've tried to do, Mo has played wider, Diaz is playing wider and they're cutting in. So we are stretching them in one area, but we're not stretching them in another area. Um, it does open us up to very specific ways to be attacked against. Um, but then for me, you're, I've always said, make the opposition predictable. So if you only have a certain, you know, with WM, the easy way to attack is down the, down the two channels between the centre half, between the, cent- uh, the left centre half and the centre back, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. Well, then that means you can also then prepare for that better because you know roughly what they're going to do. Yeah. So I think it is our default. I think it, it maximises our players. We have a few little tweaks. And Mo's got seven assists in pre-season. Um, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's pretty good. Uh, Jota yeah. looks lightning and Diaz is doing the same on the other side. So I think, I think we tweaked it and it allows us to control in midfield if it works. And and the other the other strength of the WM about obviously is it allows you after having a note zero tens in the in the in the four three three for six years you can yeah. now play with two yeah <laughs> and um, and the, the main creative burden in a WM falls on the two players centrally the what used to be the inside forwards in old money yeah yeah. Um, I think Ferenc <laughs> Pushkas back in the day. Uh, <laughs> 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 we're talking about the old history of WM. Yeah. Um, so, and we and now we, it's fair to say we have we've signed two players who are absolutely almost hand in glove for that for that role, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, and, and I, as we just said, I think CJ as well has developed so much yeah. in that area. Um, yeah. We've got a homegrown in there, and I'm, I'm not I'm not entirely convinced we haven't got other players, but you know we've got we've created a system where we can put technical players in. And we've also signed two that got that are not used to the Premier League and have got physical, physical capacities or theoretically physical capacities. So yeah, I think it's it suits our strengths. And again, that goes forward. If you look at the what Darwin needs to succeed as a forward, he needs that ball in behind, right? And we've said yeah. that's really hard to do to produce a system to create through balls is difficult, right? But what we've done is we've put we've made a system where we've got two eights now operating in those channels to just slide the balls in. If you look at Mac. What he's been doing, 
just been like rolling balls in behind and the players have been going on or it's been going out to Mo and Mo's been putting it across. So I think it's all about, for me, maximising chances uh, for the nine. And in theory, it should, it should also protect us in negative transition through the centre. Which has got more numbers more in there. there. Yeah. However, like any system, it does leave, like any three-at-the-back system, the weaknesses in the wide areas of the defence and particularly direct play, yeah? Yeah, so the, the, I mean, you saw in the last season, you saw we were lucky because the opposition wasn't high quality. They basically stuck two players out of the touchlines where our fullbacks would be. Yeah. And so as soon as you get the ball, you transition it directly into those areas, which then pulls out one of your three to go and deal with that. Yeah. And then they quickly flick it inside and play the direct ball down into the, the, through the middle of the channel. Yeah. We saw it time and time again. Um, how you deal with that for me, and again, we touched on the end of last season, is you deal with that as source. We have now have potentially a working midfield that can snuff that ball out earlier on. So you limit the amount of times they can do that switch. Yeah. And that's the key for me. We're judging a lot of these on preseason where the intensity is not going to be as high as possible. A lot of them are done training in the morning and B, it's not a real game that matters to players. Yeah. Um, and, and and if you look at the previous season, that was happening because we didn't really have a functioning midfield. We were carrying a player. Yeah. All the time, every game. No, we've um, that and, 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 and the other one benefit, I think, is that the, the WM should provide a better platform for Gagan. Gagan pressing in his Yeah, that five up front with the three up front and the two tens, yeah? Exactly. Should, I think it's yeah. still a little bit... There's some stuff happening... And again, this might just be pre-season, but the Bayern game in the last game, I can't remember the team we played against, but there was a few missed... Where yeah, where they'd pushed the ball out wide and then gone for a triple press, yeah, and we just didn't quite get it right. And you'd hope that when when the lights go up for the start of the season, we've got those little bits right. But I think that some of that is also then the left or the right side of centre half at that time is not quite been in the right position to back yeah. up that press. So um, I think one one of the things I'll be looking out for, we'll talk about numbers as well, is that this season is that we're going to have to be pressing those opposition players in their own half, make sure they don't have time on the ball. To ping it. To pick up, yeah, press yeah. it. And, Get and ahead on the ball. That, that's going to be a bit, our, our, our high press, if you like, or, you know, for, in the opposition half, uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how active and how intense we are in terms of allowing that time on the ball. For sure, push. and we can look at those numbers. The other thing to say, yeah. because opposition know that is potentially one of our weaknesses, that provides us a greater opportunity to do that pressing. Yeah, because if if you know an oppo is going to look to play that ball, yeah, then you can set that up, press that, and you could potentially win it. Whereas previously they'd have tried to play through the thirds and not do that. Yeah, right. which which the passing will be quicker, slicker, and harder to press. A couple of other questions from the Discord very yeah. rapidly. Um, um, is WM better with a nine like Diaz? Sorry, like like Jota or Nunes or a false nine like Gappo? That's really hard. Um, because I do think we've got to play according to the opposition a bit more. Uh, there will be times where you you could do Cody dropping in, helping out a bit more, um, mm-hmm. and then you play a, a Jota type on the left wing. Um, yeah. But it, it does seem to me the way we're playing it that nine is the central source of goals. Yeah, like Man City. 
by Man City. Yeah. Uh, and is Trent inverted uh, necessary now we have another controller in McAllister? Because well, we already this, had Thiago. Uh, but yeah, this was a really interesting question for me because Trent's ability in that middle of the park, as we've highlighted on the pod, is absolutely phenomenal, right? There's, there's no doubt in that. But it does beg the question, actually, it, would 4-3-3 work really well? If we actually bought a proper six and you go Mac, Dom, and say the guy we're linked with at the moment with a front three, that, that could be a, a really interesting 4 3 three to see. Uh, I don't think it'll happen, but um, but I think Mac does diff- different things. I really do think Mac does different things to uh, Trent. Um, I think Mac's uh, passing is a little bit can be a little bit shorter, sharper. He's got a bit more, he's cleverer with some inside balls. Um, whereas Trent can do the, the carrying, he can dribble, he can cross, he, he can do a lot more. I think they're switches, they can, switches yeah, which oh. I've not seen Mac do. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I think they could both play together as one, well, so. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm coming on to your numbers, uh, Phil. What are the key things you're going to be tracking this season? So I'll do my usual yeah. XG stuff as I did and do some MCs on that. I'll be looking at, I will be looking, uh, as I've just said it, like your key passes, your three balls, that kind of thing, try to look at that because they are, they used to be key in that, the way we produce XG. And last season they weren't because we just were a dysfunctioning team. Um, so that'll be something I'll be looking at. And I will be with you guys looking at some of the pressing and uh, particularly the counter pressing and how high up because we can look at that in terms of the X, Y values, how, whether we shift that press up higher. Yeah. Um, anything that you think, any, any, any team or individual things that you, where you're looking for big improvements this season? Is it harsh to say the entire side? Um, <laughs> no, apart but from Allison, harsh. Apart from, <laughs> apart from Allison, I just, uh, Mo, uh, I, I think we just need to, the thing I've liked about pre-season football looked at, they look, it sounds really harsh, but they look serious. They look like they've, they've had a real drilling. They've gone away. They've done some proper pre-season. They look really concentrated. I just want to see us get back to playing football. None of the hoobla or everything else going on. You haven't got any of that because they're not here. You know, you just crack on and I just play the, that last 10 games for me was really exciting football. Um, it would be nice if we could actually get back to defending properly. Um, but I think some of that is some of that. I think is a cover in midfield. And and again, if if we sign the players that we we're supposed to be doing, I, I do believe that will that'll be reduced. So yeah, I, I think honestly, just a a return to where we believe these players are. We believe this these set of players are a high eighties, nineties team. Yeah. Um, and that's what, apart from Ali and Mo last season, none of them really showed that. Yeah. So as it stands at the moment, Phil, I mean, yeah. um, are you saying, that, do you think we can, um, first of all, do you think we can make top four? Uh, so yes. Do you think we can go on to challenge the league? No. So you I think, think we can, can, think we can make top four with, with the current squad. squad. It would be a massive fight. Um, I think uh, I think it'd be really hard uh, because there's the... And I don't think it's against the top sides that will potentially be a problem. It'll be, like you've said, when we go away to the Lutons, your, your Villa, your Burnley, down, you know what I mean? The away grounds. And last season, to be frank, we got bullied in the middle of the yeah. park. And my biggest concern with us, A, not having the, the, the numbers, it, it's not having that that Lavia, that Casido playing in there to stop that happening. 
So or fat even in in those things. So yeah, for me, I, I think we can get top four with this current squad. It'll be a struggle. It really will, be, and we will have to make sacrifices like completely been off the cups. Europe, no first team is in the Europa League till Christmas type thing, right? Yeah. And a gin, and we have to start well. We yeah. have to start well, like nine. So you're thinking? You're, it sounds to me like you're looking at low to mid seventy points total there. Mid mid seventies to because I think top four will be. I think you're going to have to go something this year. Uh, you got Chelsea, Newcastle, uh, United, uh, Arsenal. Yeah, I think there's a five, six teams that can be competing. I think you're going to go mid seventies, eighties. Okay. Um, if if we get that six, I think we can go mid eighties. Okay. So you're that's saying much so your range is your range is seventy five to eighty five. There is it? Yeah, and I know that's that's that. I know that's not great, but I do. The problem I've got, as I said, is. If we sign that six that we're currently doing, he is a transformational signing. He would completely transform our midfield. Mm. And that is worth, for me, 10 points. And that takes us from being competing for top four to absolutely top four. Not a sniff at the league this year, I don't think, because City are just so far ahead uh, with signings they've made. But in a year's time, maybe so. Yeah, and anything on um, anything on top goal scored conceded? I mean, are we looking at? So, yeah, I looked at. If you, you think we can at, get, do you think we can get less than forty goals conceded down to a, yes. a goal a game level? Yeah, yeah. If you look, I, I looked at the MC. I did for just the block on the WM, and and if you went with what we should have conceded, it was it was about a goal a game. Let's just just less than a goal a game, and scoring okay. about two point three a game. That's in WM. So, and that's with a dysfunction in midfield, you know, not. So that that looks a bit like 85 scored. Yeah. 38 conceded. 38, 40. Yeah, low 40s conceded, yeah. Hello. I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Interesting. So that, that's what we should on the stat side of it, yeah? But as I said, I I do my... As I've said last season as well, I was concerned about midfield. I still am concerned about midfield. I think we've improved attacking-wise... But for me, we need that six. We just need someone in. And for me, then I would be like, I'm very happy if we got that six in next week that we'd get uh, mid-80s, no problem. Nice one. And we're bang on time for you, mate. Thank you very much, guys. And I will catch you in the season. All right. Cheers, Cheers mate. Bro. Cheers, mate. Rosie, um, okay. so interesting chat there with Phil. Huh? Um, what, yeah. did, what, what did you um, what do you make on the um, on the centre-forward in, the, in this system, when you look at it, and you know, you like you 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 like reading about the history of football and the way it's evolved and stuff over the time. You know, when 
you know, most of the, most of the world played WM for twenty years plus, and they all had centre forwards, didn't they? Yeah, every single thing. Yeah, so, and what I like about the centre forwards is we've got three different ones. So you've got Jota, you've got Nunes, and you've got Gakpo, who can all offer kind of slightly different things. You've got the pace on the counter for Darwin. So you've got the through balls there that Trent could do. You've got Jota's uh, pressing, because obviously that's Darwin's huge weakness. And then Gakpo's got a bit of both. Um, no, it hasn't got the shot volume that Jota and Darwin have got, um, but it's got more of the link-up. Um, so he could bring Mo in and Diaz and Jota on the other side. So well, I love well, the contrast. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, I mean, are you back on with us? <laughs> he's muted, so he's not done it for 15 minutes. There oh, we no, go. No. Um, <laughs> I mean, one of the luxuries of having it, if you've got a functioning team, you can have a centre-forward who doesn't necessarily have to get involved with the defensive side. You can have you can have a centre-forward who is not that much involved, apart from putting the ball in the Indian bag. See, I'm not convinced that's, that's the case. Okay. I think you... It's one of the things I espouse from five that you are always part of the game. Wherever you are on the pitch, wherever the ball mm. is, you are always involved. You have to make the the opposition make as many choices as often as possible. So you so you don't have to have the ball, but you have to be making... Oh, sorry, them. yeah, stretching the play, running in behind, moving off the shoulder, and sp- running in behind constantly. Maybe not receiving it, but you're still making those runs, right? And stretching the play. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Making runs, but also you have to be... The, the, you have to be dominating where they play the ball when they have possession as well. You can't just be sitting. Yeah. Yeah, so, and that's, that's the Darwin Jota payoff on Gakpo. So Gakpo's pressing was good. Had high volume, Jota the same. Darwin, rubbish. Yeah. I, where, do you, where, do, where do you stand on the Gakpo in the WM playing the centre-forward side? I mean, because to me, he looks more like it should be the McAllister or Tiago... Uh, McAllister was a Bosley position, right? Rather than the centre. I, I don't. I don't think he's that creative. Even though his, his numbers from from PSV were showed, he was. Um, I don't see the craft. I don't in him. Um, that instantly, the first match I saw something in Zobo and something in Mac. That that they're doing like a sneaky pass. That there's guys on their passes. They've got fantasy in their play. I see fantasy in in Gakpo shooting a little bit more. Um, he hasn't. He, he's trying something different with how he shoots. But I think of him much more of a functional um, Dutch forward that tactically does the right things at the right times, makes the right choices, right. rather than. Like we've got two total different ends of of a footballing spectrum from a street baller to a machine. And he is the Ginny machine of of forwards. And we need to somehow like the, the Darwin's like a Mustang that he just needs, somebody needs to break him a little bit. So at least, at least he's booking like a fucking lunatic in the right spot at the right time. Yeah. Like and that could be a, so that's not a slight on him. That could be such no, no. a huge advantage for Liverpool. It like like we literally uh, in my with my girls, we have a girl who is just the fastest thing I've ever seen, and her first touch is appalling. But she's so fast, she gets to it before any defender anyway, and then <laughs> like so it doesn't matter. Mm. And the way we judge her is 
I've been trying to push to the coaches. It has to be different than how we judge the other players because it doesn't matter if she's as much under control because she's so fast, she can recover and get out of it and cause disruption to the opposition. And that's what Darwin can do. If you can just manage to get him in the right positions, he could be insane. He could genuinely win us the league. What do you, how do you see how do you see his role for the coming season? Do you think and my 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 prediction is is the start of the season the Premier League is very much off the bench, and I reckon he probably gets the Europa League campaign to start, and then we see where he is at say end of October. Well, the crazy thing is, I I, I would like to see much more strategic rotation on uh, as I said in groups, so that we're not having a position here against another position that we're we're having. This is how we create um, instability on the opposition. This is yeah. how we how we build through the phases. So we need two of those forwards to do specific tasks. Yeah. And so you can't play Jota and Darwin together. No. Because well, then can they play Diaz and Darwin together? Because I'm the yes. But Diaz comes deep. Diaz Diaz okay. progresses the ball. Darwin is only there at the final phase. So yeah. so Diaz is happily a phase or even two phases earlier, but he doesn't he doesn't fit within the team like uh, structure like Gakpo would of making the right right decisions at the right times, but he still he still affords he still presses like a lunatic in the right spots and he he allows he's another player that can functionally carry the ball upfield, get build through midfield and get it to get it to the attack one way or the other. Mm. And <laughs> So, Jota is I, I do, kind I, of in between those two. Yeah, I, I, I do have concerns, Rosie, about um, Diaz and whether the goals are coming when when Diaz and Nunes. There, yeah. the question is whether the two tens we bought will mitigate that enough. Yeah, I, yeah, I was. I'm not sure Diaz and Darwin is as that combo side talks about. I like. I don't mind Jota Darwin more, and then Gakpo Diaz more. Mm. Um, Salas in every combination. <laughs> yeah, Salas in every combination, and then you rotate in the other four. Yeah, yeah. But I, I wonder what you're saying about about uh, picking a set team, and then like Darwin comes in as we get further along. But we're we're doing that the thing we always do. We got the the first block before the international game. Yeah, yeah. But are yeah. we going to do the thing that Clock does and just always play the same team for the first four games? Yeah, it'll be it'll be, it'll be three. It'll be it'll be two on, two off of the subs after after about an hour probably of the five. You know, play the three, play have a starting three, and then rotate two off. Yeah, yeah. I I, yeah. I would suggest that we could be a little bit more like away at Chelsea. I would probably want a couple more runners at home. I would want a couple more dribblers. Yeah. yeah. So we've got two big away games, Chelsea and Newcastle, yeah. where I would probably set up with with uh, Diogo rather than Darwin. Yeah. But because you still got a runner, but he's going to be pressing the pressing the right way. Maybe Darwin in the Newcastle game, but then you probably want one Gakpo and Diaz to start and get, uh, uh, when we have to build against Bournemouth. Here's a question for you, Sai. Um, in, in in the WM. Um, do you see Cody going back at all to play any minutes at uh, left wing, outside left, as in old money? Like no, where he used to play? We, we, already, we have three players ahead of him doing that, I think. I, okay. I think Diaz, Diaz, Jota and Darwin would all be so, ahead of him doing that thing. So Cody's, Cody's reserve position would be one of the tens? Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, any other tactical mm-hmm. thoughts before we move on, say, on the WM discussion we had with Phil? Um. 
I wonder, you know, like with um, inverting Trent and do we need it with Mac or whatever, like uh, the trend in football is the copy pep. We seem to be doing it the same as everybody else and it pisses me off. But, okay, here we are. And he's playing the most progressive six in the world with Bernardo and and Kevin De Bruyne, and then he's slotting his eight in, who is mostly shit on the ball anyway, but to recycle possession. So it, it's positional rather than um, it's it, it's creating different formations to worry about higher up the pitch for the opposition than um, it is about dominating possession, if that makes sense. It is about what that fullback does with the ball. I think we have an advantage in that, in that the fullback we have creating those um, those formational overloads is a fucking phenomenon quarterback that can kill you from 60 yards yeah. out and pass. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle Walker can't do that. Kyle Walker or the Ricky Lewis or whatever his name is. Well, it's John Stones, really, isn't it? It's John Stones, yeah, they're, really. They're yeah. tidy. Yeah. They can receive possession with... Under- We're not generational. Under- yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not. They're not going to. They're not going to have any kind of progressive passing numbers, or they're not going to create from deep. And and Trent is Glenn Hoddle back there. He can, you know, he's going to he's going to create twenty five chances, big, really good chances, maybe not statistical big chances from the centre circle. Yeah, yeah. So he's a huge weapon, and it's great for us if we've got McAllister and Zobo closer to the D slotting in one twos and ten yard slide rule passes that we didn't have before. Yeah. The, the, there was a big uh, a random uh, stat that I put out yesterday about that we're replacing um Henderson, Fab and Ginny, the great midfield, who um combined I can't, actually don't I don't remember what the stat is, but it was like twenty two or something like uh 20, 22 or twenty seven assists between them in six years, <laughs> uh, while most been at Liverpool, and only five assists from them to of one hundred and eighty five goals to Mo Salah, which is absurd. And I, I I fully expect one of the midfield this season to exceed that connection between them and Mo. Like literally, uh, Coutinho has more assists in his half season to Mo Salah than those three combined. <laughs> Madness. And, and just on just 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 more on Salah actually. Say, and um, the departing Harry Kane, loving hundred million pounds player for a thirty year old with one le- one year left, going to Bayern Munich, and the record England goal scorer, one hundred seventy four goals in the Premier League since Mo Salah joined the league, uh, forty three assists, so two hundred seventeen total. Mo Salah, one hundred fifty eight goals, seventy three assists, two hundred fifty eight go- goals or assists. So there you go. That's how yeah. good Mo Salah has been since he joined the league. Better than Harry Kane. By not even chunk. close. By, by a long way, yes. Yeah. Anyway, right, so numbers. Numbers. Uh, right, Rosie. Yeah. We we like to track things. We 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 like to think we know what the the most important numbers are other than goals. <laughs> yeah. And um we like to track them and stuff like that. And we think about we you know, we we've got enough now to create benchmarks and what we need and stuff like that. So what are your big ones that you're gonna be you're looking for this yeah, well, let's start with our peak goals which was 21-22 2.47 a game 94 goals for that season that's our peak uh, our best ever defensive performance is 22 goals conceded in 18-19.58 a game so there you peaks yeah. there you peaks as average as 2.15 
Women won the league. We scored 85 goals at 2.24. If we can get 2.2 goals and concede 0.8, so I Phil said 38. I'm, I'm looking at 30, 30, 32 if we want to be challenging um, for the league. So transfer oh, that. For sure, absolutely. Yeah. If we want to be challenging for the league, absolutely, yeah. we need to get down which, close to 30. Yeah. we should be, our benchmarks should be league title numbers, shouldn't it? Yeah. That, that's what we want. Whether we're going to get that, but that should be the benchmark. So I would say 85 goals and 30 conceded. Um, so 55 goal difference. Your XG, our best ever season, XG4 in the league, 21-22 again, 87 XG, um, which is huge, 2.29 a game. Anything over two is good, Dan. Yeah. Challenge City in this front, I think we need to be up at that again, 87, so 2.3. Well, did you, did you see did you see City's numbers from last night, Rosie? That's the benchmark. What did they have? I didn't. They had an XG difference of plus two uh, against Burnley, 2.3 there. scored, uh, 2.3 in attack, barely nothing in defence, 0.3 in defence. So that's a great benchmark. Our best ever season for non-penalty XG um, was 18-19 at 0.79, um, 0.89 in 21-22. If we can keep it under one and have it at 2.3. So what 1.3, 1.4 non-penalty XG difference is what I think we'd need to challenge. We might not be able to, you know, City might go in get 100 points, but... I think you're spot on with that. That's the, I think that's the key. That you're looking to get up to 1.3 to the yeah. to, to beat this match. But even then, you could end up with a, a, you know, you can actually do better than that. You can get 97 points. You still don't win the league because you're yeah. up against Man City. That's the thing. Yeah, and it. not only is it 1.3, Dan, I think the, the most important part of that is it's got to be less than 0.9 conceded because you can't... We might be able to score a lot, if we're conceding 50, like in the Suarez season. So last season, we conceded 52 non-penalty XG in the league. That's... Shocking. Yeah, Shocking, it's horrendous. It? it doesn't matter if we'd have scored 100 goals, we'd have still, we still might have not yeah. come forth. So yeah. we have to be at 0. 0.8, 0. 0.9 conceded. And then if we can get 2.2, 2.3 in attack... That is a lovely balance, and I think we would challenge. Um, it just depends on lots of other factors, whether we win it or not. Um, our best in terms of shot volumes is we had 19.1 in 21-22 and 7.7 um, against. That's our best average shot difference of 11.3. Last season, appalling again, but our range is usually about 16. So that's 16 shots a game. And six shots on target again. Again, that's pretty similar across all seasons. We don't tend to differentiate between six and concede. Last season was awful, conceding 4.1 shots on target again. Whereas yeah, that, that, that almost needs to be halved, Rosie. Yeah. Well, 2.5 is his best. So if we can get that, right. yeah. 2.5 against is his best. And you know, I love big chances. Um, and in <clears throat> our best. In terms of different season, 18-19, we only had 2.8 big chances a game, but we were only conceding 0.98. So if we can get, concede fewer than one big chance a game and have three big chances a game, 3.47 is his best, 21-22. That's our key, so three and less than one. Yeah, so we need to get down to as close to one as possible yeah. in the big chance yeah. conceded. I and obviously, we conceded two point eight chances again last season. Do you, and do you? So that's what we need. I mean, I mean, looking at it right now, I'd be surprised if we were 
anything less than two big chances conceded a game at this point. You know, we 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 and we, we might be looking to be going to more than you know, uh, four in attack and two in defence kind of thing, you know, and, and then see where that gets you in terms of a ceiling of points, you know. Yeah. Um, it's it's I, difficult to see how we keep that big chance conceded down to, you know, less than two, in my opinion. There's absolutely no chance that we can challenge for the league if we're conceding more than two big chances a game. No, but can we challenge for the top four, Rudy? I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> This is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs Mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Um, well, we got top four in 2021 with 2.2 conceded, um, okay. but the competition wasn't anywhere near as fierce then. So I still think, I don't think we can get top four conceding more than two big chances again. Like like Phil said, a transformational six. Um, I think we can get down to one point five, and we won the league, conceding one point eight. Yeah. So. Yeah. We do need sure. to get that down. And the errors down last season, we were making an error, a defensive error. Uh, one every two games, when we won the league, it was one every ten. Um, yeah. Anything around one every six, one every seven would be ideal. Um, yeah, and, and because of the formation, hopefully it's not as many. And in that WM period of 10, 11 games at it's, the end of last season. As Sai says, though, it, it, the WM puts the defense, our defence under more stress, which yeah. in turn makes it more likely that you're going to make errors. Um, so, yeah, that's a, I, I agree. It's a big one. Defensive errors and penalties conceded. So, on in terms of an individual, um, Ibu Kanate, for those who missed the season review pod, um, he was the worst in the Premier League last season, con- making a defensive error or conceding a penalty every 363 minutes. And that was five in total. So that needs to go straight away, Rhodesy. Yes, but, we- but like, like, like was, uh, Cy Arfield was saying, because we had such a dysfunctional midfield with yeah. Fab's form and Hendo, yeah. because we've had two massive upgrades, well, two yes. upgrades in the eight positions, we might put less pressure on them. Yeah, yeah, it might do, yeah. But yeah, all um all um uh, Matip, Van Dijk, Gomez and Robbo all had three errors and pens conceded last season. So yeah. all the, the defensively across the board, we yeah, like we need to we should probably be looking to halve the errors, I would say, almost like Rod Rosie season on season. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, well going one every two games, I think we need to get less than one every five between them. And that's not including penalties, by the way, because not all penalties conceded are um no. defensive errors, but yeah. Yeah. 
Our That's peak's everything. one over ten. Uh, uh, abysmal nature is one over two. Between that. <laughs> Somewhere between that, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, any more, Rosie, before we move back to Sai? No, no. Let's see. Sai's just put up a nice visual as well. Yeah. Explain that for us. Oh, Mr. Brundish, what are you going to be, the key things that you're going to be tracking this season? Um. I think for us, one of the biggest things is is uh, post shot is is the quality of the chances that we allow. So, in that, in our, uh, I just compared uh, the chance quality. Uh, uh, no, the chances conceded, the visual chances we conceded last season versus uh, nineteen twenty, and basically it just shows that we didn't give any chances away inside the box. So. Our chances inside the box go down, the XG goes down, and then the quality of shot that uh, Alisson is facing goes down. And I think in one graphic, that would be the key thing to, for me. Uh, that we What we need to do last season, uh, our XG2 faced was uh, put with point, uh, 1.29 X, uh, post shot for Ali to face in a game. He was amazing. He saved more than anybody else in the league. But... That's still what like 1.3 XG on target is just way too much. Um, in the average during our two best seasons was 0.7. Yeah. And if we can keep it at one or just below one, yeah. I, I think we end up with more than 90 points. So that, that visual is just magnificent, Dan, isn't it? If you look at last season, there's a big, massive red heat map. Yeah. Quality chances on the penalty spot, and then yeah. the other one, there's none. The penalty, there's no red inside the penalty box. That's madness, isn't it? It's amazing. Yeah, that's a functional team against against a dysfunctional team. Yes. That's a team that controls where where the opposition shoot yeah. from against the team that that yes. have no control over where the opposition shoot from. Such yeah. a good visual, that is. Get that oh, on yeah. the feed. Um, it's, it's it's the same as uh, I would I would. Uh, in in two games to compare the opposition to, to compare how we attack with that would be um last season we conceded chances in the opposite way that we created chances again early on for Klopp against Burnley away if that makes sense where we were taking 40 shots a game but all of them were with 10 men between the the ball shooting and yeah. the opposition's goal yeah yeah we were shooting exactly where they wanted us to shoot from yeah, and last season we were the exact opposite. Yeah, and and just on what you were saying about what we what Allison has to face, um, he, um, he he made 105 saves in the Premier League last season, um, and he only made 58 in the title season. Um, so Ali needs to be a lot less busy, doesn't he? Side, but I'm not. Do you think he will be? Um, yeah, uh, I I I absolutely believe he will be because. We will be so much. We are going to control dominant. The thing that we were that made us great. We were we were the two. We were the best in both boxes, and we controlled how the opposition attacked. Yeah, and the opposition couldn't control how we attacked because we imposed ourselves on them. So until they collapsed there was there was a 15 minute period last night in the Burnley and City game where just after City scored their first goal where Burnley were playing like the hair was on fire and they properly pinned City and and City some of the best uh, most press resistant players in the world were giving chances up because they were basically 
getting tackled in possession and right in front of their goal. Uh, just that Burnley are shit and nothing happened from it. But but they that's what we used to do to Man City. And we had Mo Salah and we had Sadio Mane putting the ball in the corner and winning games. If we can do that thing, it it doesn't allow the opposition like fucking Bournemouth or Fulham to um, do the exact, to, to create the, no, to, to adhere to their game plan of this is how we're going to build and we're going to kill Liverpool by doing this thing. So improve, improve like a bit like early Klopp, 16, 17, 17, improve the Gagan, improve the attack. Changes to help everything. The, to help, to help the defence. It changes everything. Yeah. It, it's yeah. the difference. I talk about physically, it's physical stuff with, with my players all the time, that, that there's a massive difference in high-intensity pressing and high-intensity chasing. One causes, yeah. literally causes a CK response, a creating kinase, is like a byproduct in your in your bloodstream when you're having to chase when you weren't expecting to. And it yeah. can be the same distance than when you're pressing, knowing where you're going to press and you're running in a controlled way. And, and it has a physiological difference. And last season we were playing constantly chasing. So we might have been doing the same running. We actually weren't. We were doing considerably less because what happens is you do it the first 10 minutes, then you get tired and then it drops off. Rather than doing it a controlled way, you can continue to, to control that for the whole game. So the, the, the actual volume is much higher. Um, but what we need to do is less way less emergency running. Yeah, no, for sure. And at our peak, we were doing, like you say, we were getting two goals ahead and then <clears> controlling <throat> it so they could have rests because we were so, then having rests in possession rather than... So our total getting... volume of dis- of running distance used to be uh, top 10. It was uh, our highest distance was, do you know which season it was? Second um, season. Second season. It was while we're still learning under clock yeah. what to do. Yeah. But as soon as we started to gain possession and control games, it dropped right down. So we were like eight, nine in the league. But our sprint distance was always one or two. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. where we need to be. Yeah. But like you said, dropping the age profile by four years, getting, you know, and so yeah, maybe, maybe the plan uh, return to heavy metal then. Um, 100%. Or what you need for that is in this first block, we need some success. Because success leads to confidence. Confidence will just physically it it transforms you. So so we need some success in this early block. At, yeah. at the messages that the training has been uh, telling has been delivering. We need some success within the new players and for the old players to see in the new players for them to trust one another, and then we can ride a wave. I know we don't believe in momentum, but like you need success to to believe in it. Otherwise, you give up. Yeah, especially with new players being introduced as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so are we going to go predictions? No, yeah. no, I'm just going to just want to just on some individual things that need to um, improve, and I'm just going to pick on two areas. So first of all, um, we got five forwards, um, and two of them need to significantly up their output, which is um, Luis Diaz and Cody Gakpo. So. Um, Luis Diaz has played almost 3,000 minutes for Liverpool now, in all comps, and he's at 0.5 goals or assists per 90, and exactly the same on his expected. Um, Cody Gakpo is at 0.51, uh, sorry, 0.44 goals and assists, 0.51 expected. That is not enough 
to play in our front three, right? Both of those players need to significantly bump that output, right? So um, Mo Salah is obviously the highest. Um, he's, his expe- he, his average season is 0.78 expected goals or assists, and that's taking out pence, right? His best is 0.93. Jota is just below Mo, 0.75 expected. Um, Sadio Mane was, and so these are just league only for these boys because they've got enough minutes. Sadio was at um, 0.65 goals and assists average. Uh, and his best season was 0.82, which was um, 1920. Um, and his expected was very similar as well. He had 0.65 ex- average and um, with a 0.72 best. Bobby, very similar to with very, very similar to Sadio. It was 0.64 goals and assists average in the Premier League. Um, and his expected was 0.6 with a best of 0.66. So very consistent, right? So what that, what that means is, is that, they, both, both Diaz and Cody need to improve by an absolute minimum of 20% on what they've done for us so far, right? They need to improve by 30% to get close to Bobby and Sadio, what they were doing for us before uh, in, the, in the Premier League. And they need to improve by over 40% to push into the Jota and Salah productivity range. So those two really need to significantly scale up their output, in my yeah. opinion. The other one is goals and assists from midfield. Um, non-existent for us most of the time with the four-three-three, um, or even though we've had players playing attacking positions, and even in the WM. So let's look at some goals and assists from last season, the Premier League. Right, obviously the big two, De Bruyne and Odegaard, they had, they had over twenty goals and assists, which is phenomenal, right? But some other players: James Madison, nineteen; Pascal Gross, seventeen goals or assists; um, Bruno Fernandez, sixteen; Ebrice Eze, fourteen; Granite Xhaka, fourteen. Morgan gives White 13, Jacob Ramsey 13. So well, what does that mean, right? They're totals, right? I, I'm setting benchmarks of we need two players in those advanced 10s position, 8s, 10s. You need to begin at 0.4 goals or assists per 90 minutes because all those players, even like players like Jacob Ramsey for Villa, were over that number. Last season for us, Kurt Jones in the WM was just below it, 0.35, so good start. He needs to really keep doing that, push on. Harvey Elliott was only at 0.17 and Henderson was at 0.09, right? Which is non-existent. So Elliott, if he's playing in that in those 10 positions, he basically needs to double his output, at least double his output in goal in terms of actual productivity. What was Mac then? What was what was Mac glassing? It's yeah, it was it was hard because he was, it was so many. He, he was in there, but he had so many pens. Oh, of course, yeah, 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 for Brighton. So he was on pen. But Pascal Gross got 17 goals and assists for Brighton. So if 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 Dom and Matt can get point four, yeah, is that what we're looking at? Yeah, that's what we're looking at to really to say that you know I think if they if, they, if those two tens can get above that level, and G- Diaz and Cody can scale up by twenty to thirty percent in their output, that I'm pretty confident that would be enough for top four, no matter what happens further back. Yeah. Um, but you know that's you know you'd like to think that the, the attacking five is you know you know the, in terms of the M in the WM is is quite quite well set now I think um, and it, yeah so it's, I think we're in a position where that could be that's achievable yeah yeah um, so I think Harvey Elliott Harvey Elliott's output is going to be a big one for me to track across the season just to see where he does get in in terms of that. Um, um, the other things we need to keep doing 
right? Or Alisson needs to be, keep being brilliant to have to keep us having any chance. If Alisson has a bad season, then could all bets be off, Rosie, in terms of you know targets? For yeah, the but he's never had a bad season. No, well, they're not, <laughs> they're not good. And then set plays. We need to keep being very good at set plays at both. Yeah, ends. we were the best last season, weren't we? We had well, the second or, second or third at both ends. We were yeah. so, and you know, we need to we need to be up there again. And I don't see why we why we shouldn't be. Because we've still got we've still got Van Dyke, we've still got Canate. Um oh, we haven't got Bobby anymore though, have we? Um, so well, we have got Dom's delivery as well as Trent's. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, another big one would, would be set would be set place. Let's keep we've got we we have to keep being as good at both ends. City scored two goals from set plays last night, Rosie. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's 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 uh <clears throat> It's something that we've obviously focused Including on. Including the opener, I think, was the, op- the opener was a set yeah. play, I think, for City. Yeah, we definitely need to be up there. More than 15 go- scored and less than five conceded. Yeah. 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 So that was it for me. That was my little bit of um, my little bit of prep. Predictions, boys. This is going to be interesting. Before, before predictions, can I just go down to, uh, uh, to my little bit of prep on the, on the midfield, the midfield change? Right. Yeah. Um, so... Mac and Zobo, uh, between them, basically they uh, they come in and replace. So uh, in my mind, currently Tiago is going to replace Fab. So he just drops him, and we've got by him doing that, we improve the possession control of the six by three, um, and the XG build and XG chain is almost identical, right? 0.7 and 0.45 for, for both Fab and Tiago. Tiago's, I think, will probably go up because I think our XG will go up, so that passes down the chain um, as a function of him being there, but also the two lads ahead. So uh, if we, we look at uh, Zobo and Hendo here, we've got... Um, Almost the same possession control. Zobos is one lower than Trent, uh, than Hendo, which you'd kind of expect because he plays more of a forward player. So he takes more risks. He very visibly takes more risks um, to be more creative. And his his XG chain per 100 touches is 45% better. Huge. 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 He's going to create a lot of stuff. This is with with, uh, penalties removed. Um, and his XG build is 26% better. And he played in a team that produced less less XG. So you'd expect like we're, our forwards are going to, are going to have much greater service than they had last season. Uh, Max XG build is, would be the highest in the, in the midfield as well. Um, And all while having a, he, he turns the uh, right side eight, or the extra eight from uh, we averaged last season possession control minus five and a half from uh, from max position and it's going to go up to a three this season. So that's an eight possession swing. Yeah. That's eight fewer chances to get turned over. Yeah, that's a, that's a big deal. And his xg xg chain one hundred is point nine. Like that's getting up to forward territory. One is is forward territory, and we, at the same time, we need we need our big forwards to improve. Mose was a down season at one point eight eight, and if we can retain that, or I, I have a feeling it's going to go up from there as well, um, because he. I know we don't like to talk about about emotions and stuff here, but when stuff's going your way, when we if we if we're winning five nil, then uh, XG is going to go up. 
because just by function of that instead of just losing again oh we're losing again whatever um so his numbers will go up uh, i i think and if we can get darwin's already insane he just the, the sadly he just doesn't can convert the the massive xg that he creates um so if we can reduce the delta between uh how much he should score and how much he does score uh like it probably could add 12 points to us in the season uh, and then Diogo and Diaz are around 1.3 to 1.4 XG chain per 100 touches. The elite forwards in the league are around 1.7 to 1.8. If we can get those closer to that, that's a that's a big deal. And then Trent is just going to blow the doors off from playing his inverted role. I agree team. with that. I agree with Trent. I, I forgot to mention Darwin um, Rhodesy. Um, I'm going to I'm going to settle right from his initial target is just convert it. Just just score the chances you get. Get a new, neutral with your XG, and then let's build from there. Yeah, well, bringing down. I, mean, I don't think I don't think that's a particularly hard target either. Really, no, no. You know, well, it's not unfair. Well, that, coming to my predictions, Dan Darwin's one of the key factors in it. As I said, he 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 could he he's the one that could win us the league if he goes hot compared to. If his numbers stay the same and he gets hot, um, I would say 80 goals scored, that could go up to 90 if Darwin's hot. Um, and I would say 35 conceded if we get Casido, that could go down to 25 and we could win the league. Um, so I'm going 82 points as it stands, 92 if those other factors come in. Oh, wow. Um, I am going to go for a uh, 16-17-17-18 style situation because um, I don't think we have a cat in house chance of challenging for the title unfortunately um, I think we've got too much to do I think this, I think we do have as well as the midfield I do think we have square pegs and round holes in the defence <laughs> and I don't think we can fix everything, we can't buy our way out of everything this summer and I think we're going to end up with a situation like 16-17 where we're having to make do, like we, where we played James Milner a whole season at left back and I think we're going to have some, we're going to have to make do and then build again to fill, you know, for, for, for you know, to, to fix the back half of the team um, so I, I will be going for um, Two points a game as a target. So I'd be going for, uh, I want to I want to see us get to 76. I think yeah. we can, if things go our way. I think we're going to concede far too much. I don't think we can get down to one goal game conceded. I think we'll be... Oh, really? 40. Yeah, I think we'll be more like 42, 45 goals conceded maybe. Um, and I think the attack will be fine. Um, absolutely fine. Uh, we should we should easily break over two goals again there. So, yeah, I'm going 76 points. Um, I'm going um, 80, 85 yeah. scored and about 42, 45 conceded. Yeah, that's pretty heavy metal numbers, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and we'll just have to see if we can. I think we I think we can finish top four with those as well. And then let's see if we can, you know, and then see if we can win the Europa League as well. That'd be fun. Die. My total numbers. Yeah. Um, so last 10 games of the season, we were running at 2.4 goal, uh, 2.4 points, 2.7 goals, 1.6 conceded, 2.53 XG and one against. Um, that's a little hot because we're 2.16 XG2 and 1.18 against. So yeah. we're still conceding 
to higher chance on uh, hitting alley than from the actual chance we were, we were given up from the lo- the location. So my suggestion would be that was lower pressure on the ball. I I feel like we're going to be closer to the ball for when there's a shot. So I want that to be lower this season. So if we can get the XG2 to be under one, I'm going with uh, our projections on the last 10 games. So that's 91 points. Nice. So I'm going 91 points, 102 goals. Oh, <laughs> I, I actually think the 102 goals is uh, is probably the most likely. Wow. Uh, and the projections would be 53, but I'm going to go 38. Just because I have faith in our gagging. And and if we don't get around that, we don't have a chance to actually get to close to 92. But if if uh, my feeling is if we can, if we can concede 43 or fewer, we get over 90 points. What what's the most goals we scored in a season under Klopp? Ninety four. Ninety four. That was twenty one, twenty two. Yeah. Wow. One hundred and two goals is going to be fun. Side. It's all about Darwin. Sadly. <laughs> Darwin, Dom, and Matt. Oh, just but just imagine if 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 we if Zobo ends up being I don't know seventy percent of Phil. Like if we've got that threat from from outside the box, I, I, I think he could. I think he could outperform Phil. To be yeah, honest, I think he do. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he looks really good to me. I don't know. Actually, Phil's special. I think we can undervalue Phil. He was he was fairly sensational. Yeah. Um, in a couple of years, maybe he could be in that territory. And that I think yeah. I think Phil's the best case scenario with with tactical pressing. That's yeah. the absolute best case scenario, and that is and a, better, and that's a two hundred million pound player. So seventy percent of Phil, but but one hundred and forty percent of his pressing. Yeah, and yeah. and the impact on the team then that just that create in itself. If you just think of uh, of Dom and Max pressing alongside their threat, so their threat with and without possession outside the box. Yeah, like how many chances that's going to create for our forwards. I agree. Yeah. So we've got like threat from Salah. You've got at, you've got threat from Darwin. Yeah. I'm not sure how much like Diaz maybe causes you to feel uncomfortable out out wide, but I'm not sure how threatened you are instantly from from him around the box yet. Yeah. Diogo causes no threat, but he's going to kill you, um, which is just a weird thing. Gakpo again, it's not a big threat, but he, he enables the team around him. And then you've got like threat from from zone fifteen in in Zobo and Mac on and off inside and outside possession, and then we've got this extra new level of threat just at, at, ahead of the uh, center circle of Thiago and um, Trent, right. who if they beat the first first line of the press, no, literally there was no better player in the country at winning the ball back uh, from the after we changed the WM than Trent. Trent won the ball back more than anybody else in that position in the yeah, pitch. He did, yeah. Then, and, and Thiago wins the ball back like a phenomenal rate. That he's so grossly underrated. So you've got this: if you beat the original press, you then have Thiago and, and Trent to pick it up. But they're yeah. not just going to pick it up and recycle. They're going to bust your fucking balls. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> any more for any more people? No, I'm, I'm excited now. 
Yay! That's a good way to be. I definitely think it's going to be an exciting season. I don't think it's going to be a repeat of last season. No, um, no. Yeah, so, um, yeah, that's something to look forward to. So, um, I, I'd like a little bit of heavy metal, I think, Rosie. You know, I'd like that. Yeah. That'd be nice. Anyway, we don't have to follow, followed by classical in the last half an hour. Yeah, um, <laughs> you don't. We don't have to wait that long to see how long these predictions are going to be <laughs> with our game tomorrow. Rosie's going to try and get this out to you um, uh, as soon as possible, so you can listen ahead of the Chelsea game. But until we will be back on Tuesday um, for um, the, the first game of the season, and until then, up the fucking Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.